Welcome back to The Crown, the official podcast. I'm Edith Bowman, and on this podcast, we take you behind the scenes of Netflix's incredible royal drama, The Crown. Now, as we patiently await the next season of The Crown, I was lucky enough to get together with the cast and creatives to look back at season four of the show. Now, as you might expect, we couldn't get in a room together due to COVID. So this panel was recorded virtually. Sit back and enjoy, and we'll be back soon with more of The Crown. I am thrilled to have with me uh, creator and writer Peter Morgan, Olivia <laughs> Coleman, who plays Queen Elizabeth II, Tobias Menzies, who plays Prince Philip, Joshua Connor, who plays Prince Charles, Gillian Anderson, who plays Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, and Emma Corrin, who plays Princess Diana. Welcome all! Oh, it's lovely to see you all. Now, I have so many questions and we've got some lovely kind of moments that we have a few clips that we're going to play as well. But Peter, I'm going to start with you, if that's okay. Um, So this season, season four of The Crown showcases a a new era for the monarchy and the universe expands with the introduction of two iconic historical figures, female historical figures, Princess Diana and Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Picks up in the early 80s and how how did you know what stories within that era that you wanted to include particularly? Well, that's always the part of the process that, that takes longest is when you know, and, and I knew coming into this that season four was going to span the period of time of Margaret Thatcher's reign as prime minister. So I knew it was going to go from 79 to 90. Some things obviously leap out, you know, in, in that period of time, Charles and Diana get married. In that period of time, Mountbatten gets assassinated in that period of time. And we go to war in the Falklands. And then you start thinking about characters and what happened perhaps to them privately. And then you start, you know, just through the fantastic research team that I've got, you start uncovering certain magical other episodes, which I didn't know. And therefore, I assume most other people don't know them at all because, you know, this subject matter, you know, we've been crawling all over it for a while. And so... You get occasional episodes like the one about the cousins, the Queen's cousins, the hereditary mm. principal one, where, yeah. where you just you come across and you think, I've just got to write that. And uh, and I knew the story about Michael Fagan breaking into the palace, and I think I pretty much always wanted to write that too. So bit by bit by bit, you come up and you have about 20 ideas, and then you just whittle them down until you're left with about 10. And you you're mentioned your research team headed, of course, by the fabulous Annie Salzberger, who I love talking yeah. to. And, you know, it's that's such an important relationship between you and the research team, isn't it? In terms of you kind of throwing things at them, then they come back to you with 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 suggestions or or, or truths or, you know, with all the work that yeah. they've done. And, and, and that process, like I say, that process takes many months. The actual writing of the episodes, of course, you know, you write them and rewrite them and rewrite them. But but the figuring out of the season and making sure that, of course, you know, once you've once you've identified which stories you're interested in, some of which have been uncovered by research, some of which are I've made up in my mind what it should be like, and then the research team generally tells me I'm wrong. But the, the, you know, the, when, when you <laughs> when, when you finally got them, uh, you then also have to figure out, you know, have I given enough space to each of the characters? Um, you know, each mm. of the characters really, they're so, you know, they're riveting, complex, you know, individuals. And so you want to, yeah, you want to make sure they each have a, 
an, an appropriate moment in the spotlight too. And so uh, then you have to start working out when that happens in the season and at what point that happens in the season. So as I say, that's probably 80% of the work is, is mapping out the season. And then once I finally identified what each episode is going to do, um, the writing of it is relatively straightforward by comparison. Talking about riveting um, characters, Diana and Charles we're going to talk about now. And um, from their courtship to the, the wedding broadcast around the world to millions to see, viewers got a look within the show to the romance and the relationship between Prince Charles and Lady Di. Before we discuss this, I mean, it's gripping, it's heart-wrenching performance from you both. We're going to show a clip from episode 10, War, where Charles and Diana engage in a, a pretty intense argument over a trip that Diana has recently taken to New York. Let's take a look. Who are you referring to? Camilla. Why would I care about her? Because I care about her! Morning, noon and night I care about her! And you hurt her! And if you hurt her, you hurt me. Camilla is who I want. That is where my loyalties lie. That is who my priority is. Not the mother of your children. Don't bring the boys into this. All right. Not the woman you married! I refuse to be blamed any longer for this grotesque misalliance! I wash my hands of it! Hmm. Every time... I think I've, I've seen that scene so many times and every time I watch it, I... It brings me to kind of just tears. I can just feel the emotion. For you guys, it was lovely to watch your reactions, kind of slight fear and kind of, I don't know if I want to watch this or not in your eyes. And um, I mean, Josh and Emma, congratulations on these performances in this season because, um, I mean, I don't know, I could spend hours talking to you about it, but that particular scene, what do you remember about filming that scene? I remember it was one of the most difficult scenes we shot because we took these characters to a place where we hadn't really taken them before in terms of really expressing mm. with like such ferocity their emotions, which they had kind of like skirted around before. Um, mm. And I remember just like being a bit like you, like so taken aback when I like Josh went there. In that, in that way, I was like, oh, my God. It was weird because by that we just we shot that quite late on and we were such good friends and so fond of each other. And it was very weird to suddenly have to really dig deep and, like, like scream at each other. It was... It was strange because we had spent, as Emma says, like, such a long time together and got very close <laughs> and hopefully very kind to each other. And there uh, people were being like, let rip deaths on the day I remember we, we kind of we were so used to doing the sort of royal family thing of, um don't say what you really mean I wanted to ask how you found that balance between I mean that's a great example of being in the moment and and not leaning into the kind of future tragedy of of the relationship and of Diana that we already know did you almost have to kind of try and keep that out of of your mind and, and sticking with where the relationship was and where they were at that time it's something we always had to kind of bear in mind, but it was it helped us to try and see the issues that they were dealing with and negotiating as um, just like quite normal ones, like two people working out a marriage or, you know, and trying not to see it as like, or get bogged down so much in like this, 
there's Charles and Diana, you know, who know so much about. And I think Peter, like the, the writing in the series helps anyway, because it's, you realise you're playing like characters, not so much the real people. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Peter, about writing that that particular scene and how you found how you find the right words and the energy and the pace as well to convey how fractured the, the marriage and the relationship truly was. Uh, by, the, by the time by the time you, it, it get it got to this point, like like just like Emma was saying, this is you know uh, they filmed this quite quite late on, and it, it's in the final episode, and so we've had sort of nine or ten episodes, well nine nine episodes up until this point where they've fallen in love and uh, they, they, you know, got married and then the first cracks and, and we've watched it, we've watched it disintegrate very, very slowly. And, uh, it, you know, um, I was quite taken aback mm. watching that scene again because I haven't seen it for a while and, and, and the, you know, the temperature of it is, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's big and vivid and, and furious. I think it, it helps to write that sort of stuff quite quickly. Um, uh, and so often a scene like that, a scene with real anger where you just let rip, I, I, I don't want to overthink it too much. I'd love to talk about Margaret Thatcher, Gillian, if that's okay. Another new character, I'm saying new, but obviously the world knows Thatcher, and um, Britain's first female prime minister. And your performance is so transformative. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that evolution of her through the season, really, in terms of, you know, we see her not just as a leader. There are lots of different hats that we see her wear that we've never really seen before. And how much fun or, or how you played with that character and that journey over the 10, season, 10 episodes of the season. Well, so that just shows up in six of the 10 episodes. And... And obviously, the you know the scripts themselves dictate that journey, and it was quite evident actually in the research that I did, and and you know this fantastic BBC uh, documentary that happened to land at the period of time that um, that uh, at least I was in prep, etc., which really shows showed an aspect of her humanity that perhaps we didn't have haven't really seen before um and and you know for an actor that that just makes it all the more interesting compelling joyful challenging how would you describe her at the or the difference in her from the start of the season to the end because i i love even the physicality of the change of the character you know in terms of everything almost kind of weighs down on her and it's it's you kind of could almost kind of see her sort of almost shrivel in a way as well by the end of the season. It's interesting because actually by the end um, of her being in office, her, you know, her singular mind and, and thinking and, um, um, you know, she was, I think by the end, pretty much just listening to herself <laughs> and not, necessarily that many of her advisors so you would have thought by then she would actually be standing up straighter <laughs> but but certainly you know at the very beginning uh thatcher's and we see this in the series thatcher's um you know she's she's a monarchist you know she she grew up um you know as a royalist and she she had huge admiration for the institution she's very energized and even though she's still energized at the end 
She's also had over a decade of, um, you know, a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of things happened during that period of time um, uh, in history and also a lot of opposition. And um, and so you see that definitely weighing on her by, mm. by the time she's oust- ousted. Yeah, in that car kind of hiding in the back seat kind of thing it's 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 a really emotional performance um and you mentioned that that relationship with the queen and one of the things that I think's fantastic about the, the crown is with each season this wonderful dance the queen has with her prime ministers almost in a way um you know and the, and the queen and thatcher's relationship at best could could be described as less cordial um before we talk about your performances in that relationship we're going to show a clip from episode eight where Prime Minister has come to confront the Queen on speaking out against her in the press. Let's take a look. Before coming today, I checked with the Cabinet Secretary and it turns out that in the seven years I have been Prime Minister, we have had 164 audiences, always the model of cordiality, productivity and mutual respect. So it is perhaps not unreasonable to expect an isolated hiccup. What hiccup? I was under the impression that Her Majesty never expressed her political views in public. I don't. That there was an unbreakable code of silence between Sovereign and First Minister. If you're referring to the Sunday Times, I've always advised my Prime Ministers against reading the newspapers. I don't, ma'am. They misunderstand, misquote and misrepresent. Then everybody gets into a fluster. But my press secretary does. And he has working relationships with all of the editors. And the editor, in this case, assured him that the sources were unimpeachable, close to the Queen, unprecedentedly close. Well, I'm sure a clarification will soon be forthcoming. In the meantime, should we not make a star from the business of the week? Only I am mindful of the time. This is the business, ma'am. The only business. I think we have enough respect for one another personally to ask ourselves some of the bigger questions. Woman to woman. We are the same age after all. Really? Just six months between us. Oh, and who is the senior? I am. Now. So good. So good. That just that breath. Oh yeah. It's just it's so brilliant. I I'd I'd love to have a kind of edited um show of just those 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 audiences with with the two of you because they're they're so brilliant to watch. What do you both remember about 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 kind of those scenes and 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 filming them because I know that they're so intense that we watch but I know behind the scenes there's a lot of hilarity going on some of the time and quite a lot of the time but (laughs) but in terms of of working together and getting the chance to play these you know powerful you know impressive women together and opposite each other is it fun is it what how do you describe it it's so much fun. What I remember mainly about audience scenes is they're all filmed back to back in the the, the hardest week of the <laughs> of the season because <laughs> they're all very wordy, loads of words that Peter Morgan has written, and you just <laughs> you film them all. You have sort of five solid days of words, 
And I kept saying, I, I don't mind going second, Gillian, so that I had a chance to try and learn it before. <laughs> but apart from that, really. Yes, I remember that too. <laughs> Funny that. No, it was it was interesting because I I I was very nervous going into those scenes, and and you know, as as Olivia says, you you shoot them back to back, and and sometimes you're shooting episode. Well, actually, we, we shot episode one audiences back to back with episode ten audiences, for instance, and. Um, Oh, you know, wow. you want obviously to have the, you know, to for for the 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 transition and the arc to be evident in in everything in just your very being, and so uh, there's that pressure. But I assumed that they would just be the most, you know, the bit that everybody fast forwards through. <laughs> <laughs> because I found them so hard, and I just assumed that I was boring. And so, in 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 the scenes, and it was actually such a shock to hear from people that they that those were some of their favorite scenes with the audience. I could not believe it. That's crazy, crazy to think that you shot the first episode and the tenth episode back to back. I mean, testament to to you know, to, to how brilliant you you are as, as actors, that you're able to to hold and convey that journey that goes on in between that just purely by reading the scripts and, and knowing the character that you're playing. That's extraordinary to hear. Bravo, <laughs> you deserve all the awards, all of them. Amazing. <laughs> um, Peter, leading up to this season, you, you, I mean, you've written several prime ministers and, and their relationships with the Queen. Um, and I know that you have a specific way that you like to relate the prime ministers to the Queen. And it's a, it's a family. You think of them as a family member, don't you? Is that right? It just helps when you think about the Queen that, you know, for her, someone like Churchill would have been a grandfather prototype. And uh, Eden and Macmillan would have been father prototypes. Um, and Thatcher is a twin sister. Uh, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, they were born just six months apart. And, and that, you know, so given, given that the Queen is having to negotiate all these, all these sort of family-type relationships with her partner, you can't help but respond to somebody in those ways. If, if they're the same age as you, you just do approach the relationship differently. Despite everything that was difficult between them, I do think the Queen had a lot of sympathy for Thatcher, the way that she was finally removed from office. We're going to move on to the Queen and Prince Philip. I have loved this relationship and just watching it over time and and with all the, the turmoil and the tension of the season, it's the one constant viewers can almost rely on between the two of them. The past two seasons, um, Olivia, you and Tobias have just the heart that it's brought to the crown and their their kind of candor, their endearing relationship. Um, do you? I mean, it, it just looks that you both have a lot of fun with each other and 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 kind of finding this this energy that they have with each other. Is that fair to say? Uh, no, you're wrong. It's a nightmare. It's really, really difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, I guess, yeah, we built it up, didn't we? I mean, uh, we, yeah, we, we, yeah, I mean, Livia is amazing to work with. She'll be embarrassed for me to say this in front of her. I'm going to try and make her blush. But, um, you know, she's incredibly instinctive 
uh, an intuitive actor. And so in a way, what was interesting is that we didn't really need to talk about it a huge, a huge amount. It sort of just, it built up. Yeah, and I guess it is in some way the heartbeat of the show, this relationship that's sort of um, around whichever thing uh, rotates. Uh, it's one of the constants. And, yeah, and it's sort of been partly interesting seeing the reaction to his death because um, there's a lot, you know, obviously a lot of a lot of talk about what that relationship was and what it's meant for as a, as a nation. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was interesting to hear yeah, how many people kind of, I don't know, um, relate to them. And, and obviously their kind of consistency over these years has meant a, a lot to a lot of people. What do you reckon, Colleen? Yes, I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> Tobes and I started at the point where they'd settled into comfort and they were sort of, okay, they, they thought about where they were going to be and they'd, they'd sort of met a truce. But then they'd, and then I think the love started to, to grow between them. Or that's what I feel between, you know, four and five for us. So that we were mm. sure of each other and... Um, of what each other needed and uh, I do love the way I keep picturing Tobias well Philip sort of dropping in something like the favourite child or the just being a little bit annoying and then walking out and just <laughs> le- leaving it to one another. Um and it was, it was quite fun and that naughty little <laughs> smile um, so sort of teasing each other but, but there for each other and, and supporting yeah, and that, that's what I think really comes across between their relationship in this season in particular. You kind of almost forget that they're, they're royals. They're just this lovely married couple who, you know, finish each other's sentences or take the mick out of each other or know things about each other that they don't even know about themselves. It's beautiful and wonderful to watch, really, really is. Um, let's talk about the Queen and Prince Charles um, because season three and four has kind of shown the evolution of the relationship between mother and son, as well as the queen, obviously in the future, future king, this whole idea of, you know, duty versus versus family. Um, I wanted to talk to you both about playing this relationship and the journey that it's had over the two years and, and trying to find that, that right line of her maternal instinct and how much is there there and how much can you show and, would you mind talking a little bit about that, Olivia? We all come from a place where we're allowed to feel what we want to feel, be with who we want to be with, do the job we want to do, you know. So it's it's very hard to um, play something that where none of that is allowed. And I suppose, you know, Joshy Pops, I just want <laughs> him to be happy. And, uh, and, and so it's awful watching anyone being unhappy. And um, why can't you just... Love each other. It does me fine. Um, so it goes against the brain a bit, yeah, for me. But also, you see how this this woman did it. This incredible woman. She's done it all her life. Mm. Oh, come on! This is what it's like. It's not, unfortunately, like everybody else's um, life. And uh, she really, in our you know version, um, in our dramatic version, um, doesn't cope with his. <laughs> with his marriage and falling apart, I think, and that I found that all quite difficult. Yeah. Although it was lovely to do a scene where you have a bit of a shout <laughs> yeah. um, from an acting point of view. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Josh, this journey is with, with Charles over these, these two, these two seasons, you know, we, we, we've, um, I mean, an extraordinary path that, 
as an actor to have the opportunity to take play a character over this length of time and obviously play a character who has had such a journey you know and, and I just wanted to to talk to you a little bit about that and about looking back on it and how you what you sort of taken away from it what you remember what you sort of favorite memories of it and and also those moments with Olivia with mum uh, so I mean yeah it's been a kind of obviously been an amazing the whole thing's been an incredible experience but I think I think in a in a weird way that what I kind of hadn't counted for was how hard it would be to go from being like this very sort of people feeling very sorry for you and then people absolutely hating you <laughs> like in the space of two years and that's that, that was quite um I suppose that was quite tricky I think but I mean really exciting and I always felt mm. the thing that really got me going on this job was the idea that I in season three could try and make people feel sorry for this young boy and um, and try and understand his love for Camilla, which obviously was made a lot easier working with Emerald. And, and, then, and then to introduce this idea that actually he, that his relationship with Diana was really complex and he did love her. And I think throughout that and kind of, I always had that scene we showed earlier with Emma, I always had that in the back of my mind that um, in order to get to that place, there had to be so mm. much frustration and so much anger and anxiety that Charles gone through. And actually that was made so easy because every time I tried to have a conversation like I did in season three with, um, with Olivia, I get shut down. It's like, there's, there's about, I think there's like three, three scenes where Diana is able to explain everything that she's experiencing. And they, listen <laughs> and they say, well, you know, we have to give it another go. Every time Charles goes in to speak to his mom and dad and goes, right, this is a problem. It doesn't happen. And so that, that I, I always felt like that was made easier, even in that last scene when, as Olivia said, she like stands him up and sends him out. I mean, he never really gets the chance yeah. to say, oh, I'm actually not very happy. I've got another great relationship that I really want to talk about because I think it's, it's, it's such an understated dynamic on the show, but it's such a powerful one between Prince Philip and, 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 and Princess Diana. And early on, you know, they both struggle with being outsiders when it comes to learning their roles within the family. Philip eventually bends, and as we learn later, Diana breaks. Um, and I love how the, the season's almost bookended by these brilliant scenes with you both. You know, you've got the stag, and then you also have the chat at Christmas where he goes up to up to her room to, to have that conversation. And it's just, I wanted to, to get from both of you to talk about what you saw as this bond between the two of them and how you found that and how you kind of played with that throughout the season, you know, from these two points and in between it. I really, I was fascinated by their um, relationship, but I guess their friendship, I feel like they have a deep bond of sort of, at least until the end, um, the, those the final moments in 10 at the Christmas party, I feel like they have a very shared understanding of what it is to be an outsider coming into this, coming into the firm. Um, yeah, mm. and I really, I mean, I enjoyed all our scenes. I felt like there was a lot of... Um, sort of allyship there, which also means that at the end when mm. Philip pulls her up on her behaviour or I guess has that talk to her, it makes it more impactful because of the alliance that they've sort of found yeah. to begin with. 
I really believed the relationship. I really, you know, it was a it was such a believable relationship. He could almost see, I guess, his own experiences and what she was going through. Tobias, what about for you? She, he's incredibly charmed by her, I think, and really um, beguiled by her, and and so. And I think that really impairs his judgment when he when it comes to offering advice to his son. Uh, and I think he miss he he definitely is complicit in what turned out to be a very poor decision. And I think he allowed his own sort of feelings for this young woman to get in the way of the business yeah. of finding <laughs> someone who could meaningfully support Charles. And he sort of. He, he stretches it, he bullies, he pushes, he, you know, doesn't, doesn't offer the, the parental guidance, I think. And so, and this is an interesting kind of like, he misses it. And so, and I think at the end, he starts to see, you know, mm. he starts, he gets a sudden flash in that scene at the end. He realizes that she is not all that she seems and that there's a lot of, you know, there's a, there's destruction buried in her, and um, so that feels very, you know, that's a beautiful arc over the over the season. Um, and this is where um, there may be a few tears. So I hope you've all got Kleenex at the ready. Uh-huh. But um, I wanted, <laughs> but I just wanted to to you know this is this is kind of goodbye in a way, you know, to these roles that you've played over two seasons, and they've been, you know, they've been incredibly powerful and emotional for us to, to watch, and so entertaining as well. But I, what what are you gonna? What are you going to miss most about that time on set with each other? And, you know, I know that you're not going to miss Helena's playlist in the makeup truck for a start. I've heard from many people. <laughs> um, but what what are the things that you, you know, I know it's hard work and I know that there's, you know, there's there's lots that you is, is required of you. But but those relationships that you've built with each other and um, what is it you're going to miss most, do you think, about turning up on set with each other? Well, as a as a slight outsider to it, and you know, having such an extraordinary experience, dipping into something that was already um, established, and, and feeling so welcome and made to be a part of, even just doing one, you know, six episodes in one season, um, by the end, or even you know, very early on of that in that process, you know, we, we'd already started making plans for what we were going to do later on in the year to get together to celebrate and to you know watch the episodes all together and we had this big plan where we were going to be staying out at the hotel together and using the cinema room to watch the episode you know and so we and that never got to happen because of the lockdown and and a lot of us never got to actually properly say goodbye to each other so you know a lot of these zooms these zoom interviews for awards have been the only times, I mean, we have a WhatsApp group that we, you know, keep track of each other on. But other than that, this is this is when we see each other. And so uh, it's, it's um, it, on the one hand, it feels like we said goodbye in a strange way a long time ago. But on the other hand, it feels like we're owed one. We are owed a big one. We do a massive party. Yeah. Peter, that is over to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one last thing I want to ask Peter because the you know this this season four in particular I think because we get we're in an era where people remember and they know and it's their lifetime and you know it continues to captivate new audiences as well with with each season. Um, 
and this is the last time that you're going to see this cast on screen playing the characters together that, that you wrote. What do you hope will be the legacy of this chapter of The Crown of season four? I, I think it, you know, and I say this with, with uh, no uh, disrespect either to Tobias or Josh, but it did feel like a, a, a season of, uh, of, of mega women. <laughs> it did. I, I, when I looked back on it, when, 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 I, when I watched it and we were watching the whole season together and I was like, I don't know how it had escaped my notice, <laughs> the degree to which it was such a female season. And uh, and how powerful the, those three women—you know, Thatcher, Diana, and, and the Queen—these these absolutely totemic women um, uh, in British cultural cultural life—and and, and uh, so um, that it felt like that, and it felt like probably, as you said, Edith, the entry mm. point into the show. I think for a much younger audience that connect with Diana. And, and we've seen this, Netflix has shared data with me that people have come in for season four and then in great numbers gone back and started one, two, and three. There, there are people of 20 and under who, 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 who don't even remember Diana. And, and for them, the entry point is William and Harry. And, uh, you know, um, maybe that'll bring a whole new audience as we go forward mm. into seasons five and six. But um, uh, I, 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 I think... I had a feeling that this season, it, you know, I'm thrilled that it's been received the way that it has. Uh, uh, but I did, I, I, I think I had a feeling about it, even when we were writing it, and certainly in the first re rehearsals and the first read-throughs, I had a feeling that this season would punch through in a in, in a in a very you know particular way, and 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 it has done that. And and like I say again, uh, of course, F Philip and Charles were. At, you know, pivotal characters, but but there's something about the, the chem you couldn't make up the chemical mix that is Thatcher, the Queen, and Princess Diana, and uh, and such strong characters. Um, uh, and so we were privileged, uh, privileged to be able to write people like that. We'll let you get back to to writing seasons five and six, Peter. And um, thank you all so much for your time today. I could. Well, I've been lucky to get to chat to you all about this this fantastic show and your brilliant performances. And I wish you all the best of luck um, with the upcoming awards as well. And thank you so much for your time. And thanks to everybody for joining us today for Netflix FYC virtual panel to the cast and creators of The Fabulous, The Crime. Take care and stay safe, everybody. Thank you so thanks, much. Peter. Bye, thanks, Peter. always doing such a great job. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Edith. Bye. Bye, bye, bye guys. Bye. bye. Thanks for listening and make sure you subscribe to The Crown, the official podcast.